You're listening to Rocket with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio. Hello, you have tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio, where we discuss insider secrets to health and so much more. Here on Rocket with Dr. Tamika, we take a look at health from a broad perspective and we break it down so that it's relatable, doable, and most definitely fun. And yes, I am Dr. Tamika. So my rock stars, are you ready? I hope you have your minds open, your ears and gear to learn, and you're ready to take your health to a whole new level. I have to tell you, we truly are rocking and rolling with our Caring for the Aging series. We have covered a variety of areas. We've talked about pain, back pain, brain health, the caregiver's perspective. Um, We've talked about so much and have so many different pearls of wisdom drop down for us. So I figure since we're talking about caring for the aging parent, let's hear it from the primary care doctor perspective. I mean, many of you may not even have the relationship with your primary care doctor where you can ask a question, the question that's been keeping you up late at night. Well, I'm going to bring you an expert among experts who is a primary care physician who's board certified in family medicine. I have with me Dr. Andrew Jones. So let me tell you, the first thing, the first, he's like the oldest of 12, okay? Like 12, not, not like one or two. 12. He's the oldest. So that in itself, and he's a physician. Usually like, like that's an automatic expert status immediately, yeah. number one. <laughs> then he's known to be very perceptive. He presents with a calming demeanor and he is very easily able to gain the trust of his patients. So that means he's relatable people. He's down to earth. He gets it. He's able to communicate. He pays very close attention to details and is comfortable in any patient doctor medical setting. But guess what? He's not only an MD. No, he's not only a medical doctor. He also has a master's in molecular microbiology and immunology from my alma mater, USC. <laughs> oh, I'm like, fight on, like, wow, wow, wow. Let's just say he's also like trained with the best of the best. He's been in, uh, let's say, the Caribbean. He's been in London. I mean, like, and then he's graced us here in California. So <laughs> I want to say, uh, welcome, Dr. Andrew Jones. Well, I want to say thank you, Dr. Henry, for having me. I, if I can stop blushing, I, I want to say thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very honored and privileged to be here on the show and offer my uh, information expertise. So thank you for having me. Ah, not a problem. I'd like 12, Dr. Jones. Yeah, 12. Yeah, it's 12. <laughs> that's correct. Seven boys, five girls. Yeah, that's it, 12. Oh, seven. Oh, my gosh. My husband comes from a family of five, and I'm like, you got way more on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. All right. So my rock stars who are tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Jamika, we will have an opportunity later during the show to ask questions to Dr. Jones. So do not hesitate to hit us up. So since we have your, your attention here, Dr. Jones, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, as you said, I, 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 have, I wear many hats. I'm a physician, board certified. I'm a microbiologist. I, I do a lot of research and so forth on the side. I work in uh, Cedar sinai Hospital seeing patients. I work in South Central and underserved clinics, you know, pro bono. I do home visits and so forth. I do a lot of different things. I love medicine, you know, and when you, ha- when you have a love for something and it shows and, you know, your face, your demeanor, and patients know that you care. And you also, when, when other people are out having fun, I'm actually reading, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but reading is fun for you. You like trying to get the knowledge and bring I love, it in. Of course, yeah, definitely. Because I, I, love, I love to help people. Like the worst thing, my, my biggest fear actually is having a patient who's sick, who's depending on me and I, and I let them down. That's actually my biggest fear. 
Ooh, so like what I hear is like, you know, you, you will stop at no, oh, there's no mountain high enough that you won't climb to get more information. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's true, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. You're in family medicine like me. So I, I didn't even realize that. I'm like, see, like minds, like minds. What exactly. made you pick family medicine? Family medicine offers you, you know, like I'm sure you know from yourself, they say from the womb to the tomb. So you do everything. You deliver babies, you see kids, elderly, you see in between, the hospital. You can do, you wear many hats. You can do pretty much everything in medicine. You pretty much, you know, a little about everything. I so love that's this. why I picked it. Because you're like, did you hear my rock stars who were tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika? He said, from the womb to the tomb. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, that's, what we say. Okay, so, we say. But yeah. while, you getting, you know, while you're in the tummy, until it's time to no longer be with us, we definitely take the time to work with you. And one of the things I've noticed is that you are working at Cedar, so a hospitalist, right? Yes, yeah, definitely. So my rock stars, a hospitalist is the doctor who's actually in the hospital taking care of other patients. Um, when I hear about that, what are some of the common reasons people are admitted to the hospital that you've seen recently? Well, like, for example, like I have a patient in a clinic who uh, I see who has high blood pressure, 200 so forth, having a, you know, blurry vision, weakness. So I, I send them to the emergency room for a stroke workup. They go to the emergency room and then that hospitalist, that doctor will be somebody like me. So just like I take care of your care outside of the hospital in the clinic, I, I facilitate who you go to. Okay, you need to go to the cardiologist, you go to the kidney doctor, the ortho for, you know, surgery. Uh, a hospitalist coordinates your same care inside the hospital. So, okay, let me call the neurologist. Let me, uh, you know, get you the radiologist. Let me call the intervention radiologist, do a, a thrombectomy to remove the clot in your brain. There's just so many people in the hospital. Hospitalist covers your care on an acute care setting. That's the difference. So when I hear you, my rock star, so when you hear about the hospitalist, that's the person in the hospital basically coordinating, getting things going in the right direction. That person outside of the hospital is your primary care doctor. That may be your personal physician who's coordinating your care. So that's what Dr. Jones, he's playing both roles. He's playing, I'm doing both. I'm doing both. I'm, I'm taking care of you in and out the hospital. So you have one, one person doing everything. So He's like, I don't have a problem. Okay, I'm going to jump from the clinic. Yep, exactly. run over to the hospital exactly. and take care yeah. of you yeah. um so when we talk about like common reasons people come into the hospital um mm -hmm. i know one of the big things they come in for could be covid but what have you seen uh the most common reason is still that you know your bread and butter admissions to the hospital your pneumonias your um you know your 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 strokes your heart attacks those are your, your most of the cases that come to the hospital. Um, and then under that, you know, just any other type of infection, you know, leg infection or so for a wound, um, you know, procedure, surgical procedure, anything. Those are the most common things that people come to the hospital still, even today, you know, in the midst of COVID, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the took care of COVID patients today and, and my patients were just post-op patients who had a, you know, hip replacement. Another patient had a heart attack. Another one had a stroke. Another one had a really bad pneumonia. You know, those kind of those kind of patients. So I want my rock stars to understand this. Like you and I know as physicians, I know that we have an understanding of like what are some of the common things that come in. Well, my rock stars who were tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio, pneumonia. Pneumonia, you know, that's something going on inside the lungs. You present with like a cough, fever, shortness of yes. breath. Mm -hmm. That can be pneumonia. Mm -hmm. We're so caught up in COVID, but the regular, what he said was the regular bread and butter stuff yeah. still yeah. comes into the hospital, right? Yes, it is. It's exactly true. Yes. Uh-huh. And then the other thing he talked about was a stroke, um, a heart attack, 
um, infections, you know, like people get my diabetics. Oh, my diabetics. Oh, my DKAs. I, I had two DKA patients today in the hospital. Yeah. Dr. Jones, we don't know what a DKA is. I I'm know sorry, what it I'm is. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> break I'm sorry. it down. Break it down. So right. DKA is when you when your when your sugar level gets so high that it causes uh, impairments of like your kidneys and and every and your pancreas and so forth. Your labs get off balance. Your electrolytes are off balance. You're you're confused. You're weak. You're thirsty. It's just a, a, a cause a lot of problems when your sugar gets very high. Okay, so my diabetics, hear me out. No, listen to what Dr. Jones said. He's in the hospital. So if you want to, okay, so sometimes I give out what's called honorary uh, medical degrees. So if you want to sound like you got it, DKA, diabetic yeah. ketoacidosis, yep, that's, that's it, what man. it is, <laughs> all yeah, right? That's exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> so, so when yeah. we talk about this, he, my diabetics, those of you who are a diabetic, know a diabetic, um, have been told you're a borderline diabetic, you're keeping your blood sugar under control is very, very important. Talk to him about why, Dr. Jones. Because you, you have what's called uh, metabolic syndrome. So when, you, when you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, diabetes destroys the whole body. I mean, and I tell patients, it's not to scare you, but the only difference between diabetes and cancer is time. Diabetes, mm. cancer destroys your body quickly. Diabetes destroys your eyes, your immune system, your nervous system, your skin, your legs, your, your blood vessels, circulatory system, your pancreas, your liver, your, it destroys your kidneys. I said your vision, it destroys everything, but over time. And so people take that for granted. Like they say, oh, I've had diabetes for 20 years. I had diabetes for 30 years. Uh, so, but yeah, diabetes destroys the, your body also. That's why it's important. I'm going to I'm gonna have to quote you on this. The biggest difference between yeah. diabetes and cancer is time. Oh, that it's is. so true. That people, is. you know, and it's interesting. We talk about this and I know we're talking about caring for the aging parent, but those of you who have a parent who has diabetes, you're a diabetic, um, you have a family history of diabetes. Diabetes has no uh, racial, cultural, ethnic discrimination. It does not care what it is. It doesn't care about your political affiliation. When you have a problem with diabetes, if you don't get that blood sugar, which I say you don't get it under control, I always say diabetes is not a blood sugar problem, it's a blood vessel problem because it starts to attack. Like mm -hmm. Dr. Jones just said, your eyes, your kidneys, your heart. Um, it just goes after everything. Nothing is spared, nothing. And no, the, nothing, problem, nothing. the problem, I think, Dr. Jones, is that people, when they don't feel it, they ignore it. Then, no, that's exactly true. Because you have people walking around right now with a blood pressure of 200. They say, oh, I feel fine. Well, your body is great at keeping you at equilibrium until it just can't do it anymore. That's people like, oh, I'm walking, talking, all, this, all of a sudden, you feel chest pain and you drop dead. I mean, your, your body will do what it can until it gives out. So that's exactly. a beauty and a, and, a, and a curse at the same, blessing and a curse at the same time. I'm loving that because when I need people to understand and I, I love that we're breaking this down and I know we're talking about something that many people can relate to. It's mm -hmm. just when you don't feel something, it's like, it's not until you like, when you break your leg, it's obvious. Oh, yeah, my leg course, is broken. Yeah. It's so clear. Yeah. But the quiet, the silent killers, the, uh, the blood vessel disease, the things that come up on you and you just don't necessarily feel it right away. What Dr. Jones and I are saying is, be mindful, be aware, just because you don't feel it. Somebody walking around with an elevated blood pressure. Well, let's break that down a little bit more, Dr. Jones. Normal blood pressure, what's a good blood pressure for people to have? Well, it depends on which uh, literature you read. So 130 over 80, 140 over 90, depending on your age and so forth. But around there, it's a good blood pressure. Okay, yeah. so there. Now, and I don't want to go, like Dr. Jones, you know he's been reading a lot. He's bringing all the latest and greatest knowledge in there. Yeah. So if you're looking at your blood pressure, my rock stars who are tuned in, when it's getting higher, even if those of you who are running around at one, 120 over 80, you know, that's, I'm a happy camper at 120 over 80, but that number is starting to creep up. Dr. Jones, they got to do something. 
They got to do something. The most common reason for uh, blood pressure, people don't want to hear this, is poor diet and not exercising. Oh, you and, know you're speaking don't my language. Hear it. They don't people don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. So. No, it's so true. Okay, you know, you have, uh, you, you're, I'm a fan of you now. I'm a, I was already a fan, but now I'm a real fan. So okay. uh, my rock stars, here, check, check this out. We have already talked about on several different episodes. I did not prep Dr. Jones. I did not call Dr. Jones and say we're going. I didn't even send him a list of questions. He no, is he just going. Nope. <laughs> he is just talking. <laughs> and I have, he literally just stated for us that diet and exercise, mm-hmm. diet and exercise. If I don't say anything enough, I need to continue to say it more and more. If you don't hear anything else is how important what you're eating and if you're moving or not, how important that is for your overall lifestyle and your body. Oh, Dr. Jones, you're making me happy. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I find that when I talk to different patients, and I'm going to ask you from the hospitalist perspective, then I want you to put your other primary care hat on is what are some of the like, people don't ask, they don't know what to ask the doctor when their loved ones in the hospital. What are some common things that like, if you could guide someone and say when your loved ones in the hospital, consider asking these type of questions. What would you have so, them ask? So, so I get requests uh, several times for uh, loved ones being in the hospital, like, oh, Dr. Jones, my mom wants to talk to you, my, my dad and my cousin and so forth. And, and I honor those requests. So first of all, I want to tell people who are listening that don't assume that just because your loved one's in the hospital, the doctor's going to call you. Doctors have a lot of patients. They're going to only call patients whose families request them to. You know, we're very busy running around trying to make sure everyone gets better to the best of our abilities. So if you really have a loved one in the hospital, call the nurse and say, hey, can I speak to the doctor taking care of my mom or so forth? So ask to speak to the ask, doctor. Yes, ask oh. speak to the doctor, please. And it's interesting because I didn't, you know, being coming from a healthcare background, it's immediate, I wanna speak, but to everyone else, that's not, a, it's an, it could be an assumption that you think the doctor's going to call. But like you said, there's so many responsibilities of that physician in the hospital that they may not remember, like, oh, I got to call such and such. But if you reach out to them, I'm going to say nine times out of 10, they're like questions or that they should consider. Yeah, just, just ask like, how's my, how's my family doing? How long are they going to be in the hospital? What's the next step? What are you looking for? You know, are there some things we need to look out for when, when our loved one comes home? Just, just basic questions about that. So I love that. I love to talk about that because people forget the basics. Mm -hmm. Why are they in the hospital? Um, What's the plan of action? When are they going to be discharged? When they're discharged, what's, what is expected of me? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the discharge, that whole question of what's happening, patients, there's sometimes a breakdown in communication as to what the responsibility is of the loved one. And I'm, I'm happy that you're bringing this up. Now, what about when you have families who, well, let me ask you this. You're from a fa- perfect, see, you set yourself up. You're a family of 12. Yes. When you have a big family, yes, uh-huh. how do you as a hospitalist handle like trying to communicate the message to get it to the family? Well, I, I, I have a personal story. My mom was in a hospital for, uh, you know, for gall, gallbladder, gallbladder surgery. So I, I, I knew what questions to ask. So I, you know, I was actually had a inside information, obviously, you know, being a physician, but I asked the surgeon, like, what's the next step? What kind of procedure you going to do? Like how long she can be in the hospital? She can be under the weather. Like, what do I need to watch out for when she goes? Like, I, I asked those questions, same things I'm, I'm telling everyone listening. I asked those questions in, in regards to my own mother, you know? Right. So I think that 
my rock star. So when you're, when you're hearing what Dr. Jones, he did no different than the recommendation that he gave to each of you. He asked the question, yes, he's the physician, but I'm also wondering, like, I remember when I used to do um, geriatric medicine for several years. And when I'd have the big families coming in, I would ask like, who's the spokesperson? Yes. Because you cannot expect the doctor to call yeah. All 12. No, no, you will, you will get 12 <laughs> phone calls. So you got to find who the spokesperson and, and, and politely say, look, I, I, I wish I could speak to everyone, but I have to take care of other patients. Please let me speak to the one person who can tell the rest of the family what's going on. I know you guys care and you're worried and anxious about your loved one being in the hospital. I know it's a scary time for you, but please give me one person who's going to be in charge to disseminate the information to everyone and let them know like, hey, mom's going to be okay. Doctor said this. Okay. So I like the fact that it's like, sometimes I think with uh, the stress of a loved one being in the hospital, sometimes the physician and even sometimes the, the family member can be a little tense. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. I expect that. So. <laughs> exactly. And just helping them to realize that, you know, I understand that. And I always would say, you know, I, I hear some frustration yeah. in your voice. So recognize it. And then like, cause I understand that you, you have a calmness about you so able to be able to communicate with them and just recognizing where they are on their health journey and the fear and the fact now in the hospital things are different right people can't come and be with their loved one and how yeah. are you dealing how are you navigating with that with loved ones and, and patients having um family members not being able to come into the hospital it, it, it's sad it just means a lot more phone calls and, and maybe trying to go above and beyond maybe do some facetime videos at the bedside with the family uh do little things like that and and trying to make exceptions for anyone who's really sick to get someone to, to come in a hospital. So I, I do little things above and beyond uh, to kind of help that. Cause I know if it was my mom in the hospital, I'd, I'd be devastated not being able to see or touch her or be there to show support. So I, I definitely do do things like that. Now, let me ask you when you do, um, when you're dealing with, and I'm going to switch a little bit because I told you, uh, Dr. Jones in the hospital, he's in the homes, he's in the primary yeah. care doctor. When you have, um, when you're dealing with uh, patients and you're going to the homes, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what has been like, how did you end up in that particular area? I used to do home visits. So this is like, you're, that's bread and butter. Like you see everything when you're in somebody's home. Oh yeah, of course you definitely do. <laughs> things you don't want to see, but yeah, you, you definitely do. Uh, cause your home is your private area. So you gotta keep that in mind. But the, the, the home all started because my dad is family medicine and I grew up watching him do all of that. Oh. You know, he was in the hospital, in the clinic and doing home visits to sick patients who couldn't make it to see him. You know, so I, I watched him do all that. And I like that, you know, that watch him do all those different things. He'd go in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, deliver a baby and then go to his clinic, see his patients. Then after the clinic, he would go to the patient's homes who couldn't see him, you know, so he would do all of that. So I, when you're talking about home visits, my rock stars who are tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika here on Dash Radio, we have Dr. Andrew Jones, who's coming from the hospital to the home, to the private, to the, uh, the, the clinics. I mean, he's like everywhere. Yes. And we're talking right now about, you know, as we're dealing with, dealing with the homes, I think that when I remember when I used to do them, you know, one of the things I'd be concerned about are fall risks. Of course. Yes. And looking at the homes, like how do you help families who when you go visit the home to help them see like this person could potentially fall mm -hmm. and hurt themselves like what are some of your language that you say or what do you say that to help people to be aware of? what should they be aware of is probably a better question well you know the, the thing is now that you know like everything is uh, online so we have like a, a checklist when i go to the home especially mm -hmm. uh, just like you have a checklist for like infants in the home like safety precautions so forth right. we have the same thing for our elderly patients so when i go into the home i'm like i have a checklist 
okay, is the, the bed close to the bathroom? Is, mm. is there anything that the carpet fitted? Um, are, are they going to slip in and hit this object? So we have a, a list of checklists for our elderly patients as well that we go down to make sure that the home is as safe as possible. Okay. And I, I think that what I want my rock stars to understand, my rock stars, I thank you for like really being a part of this because you, sometimes you just take for granted the, uh, is the bed too high or is the bed too low? You know, if she's been sleeping in that bed for years. Yes, but that doesn't mean that we need to keep sleeping in that same bed for years, exactly. right? And then the idea of the carpet. We talked about before about, you know, the throw rugs that grandma, great grandma have had around for years are definitely uh, a high, put you at a higher risk of falling. And then um, we also talked about like what I just heard you say too, Dr. Jones, is when uh, may they hit their, will they hit their head or is there a potential risk of them hitting their yes. head? People don't think about that. They no, don't they consider don't, it no. all. So, I mean, that's, why, that's my job when I go into the home. I, I kind of show you things that you don't think about and help you to reduce risk that you don't even, you're not even aware of. So. so this is one of the things that I love about home visits. Now, you even, you know, even now, you're still going into the homes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Look, okay, look. Dr. Jones is like, I'm going in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going in. <laughs> He's going into the hospitals. He's yeah. going into the homes, not really knowing a person's COVID status, but taking precaution for himself and the people around him. So that's actually very um, rewarding to hear you doing it. I did home visits and I remember um, looking at the medicine and I remember a patient specifically who was on Coumadin. And every time I talked to the primary care doctor, the primary care doctor kept increasing the Coumadin milligrams. And when yes. I finally talked to the patient, the patient was like, I don't take that medication. So, yeah. <laughs> so the doctor was checking the levels, but the patient wasn't taking it because he said it upset his stomach. And so, he kept going up and up thinking that yes, it's okay. Yeah, you, you gotta ask, these are things you gotta ask. You know, you just don't assume that, you know, that they're taking it. You gotta ask the patient they're taking it. So basically I hear you as a primary care doctor who does home visits, you definitely have a connection where you're actually able to relate and where people are able to trust you and confide in you to actually tell you What's mm -hmm. going on? Yeah. It's just, if, if you go in and you talk to someone, if you come across in a non-judgmental demeanor, then people will tell you everything. You know, they'll right. be honest with you. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm not going to judge you if you're diabetic and you say, oh, I had, uh, had McDonald's last night. I'm, I just talk to you and just say like, hey, well, that's good. You know, you have a cheat day. So, I mean, I, I kind of, I understand, you know. So, right. and, and, that's, and that's why p patients are honest with me. I'm not going to just, you know, scold them and point my finger at them. Well, it's interesting. You said McDonald's. I'm like, I'm like, well, did they have an apple pie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the apple pies, yeah. <laughs> like, did they have the apple pie? I prefer when they used to fry it, but now they bake it. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I digress. Um, and then when you see the different, like you being in the home setting, and I want people to hear this because physicians go to the home. They go to the home a lot more. They're actually going to the home in a sense where people years ago used to go to the home and do home business like you said your dad did and then now they're still doing it how um how common are you seeing it among other providers that you know that are going to the home uh not not that many i, I see my colleagues who they stick to the clinic i see the ones who just stick to the hospitals uh they don't do that many home visits and, and i understand why because you have to get in your car you have to take your equipment with you stethoscope and everything blood pressure and everything uh odama you know Autoscope and ophthalmoscope and all, all that, looking at eyes, ears, and everything. And, it, and this could be a hassle. You have to drive to the neighborhood, find parking, get out. I mean, it's, 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 it's not as straightforward as you're in the hospital to go from this one patient's room to the next, to the next, to the next. It's not that you know, gotcha. straightforward. So it, it could be time, time consuming. Uh, 
It's definitely time consuming. I remember when I used to do home visits, they wanted us to see like eight patients, eight to 10 patients a day. And I'm like, that's a lot. That is a lot. No, no, that, that, that's definitely a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but no, it is a lot. Eight, because by my rock stars who are tuned in to rocking with Dr. Jamika, Dr. Jones does home visits. And when you do home visits, what you have to consider is something that's called windshield time. Windshield time is driving from point A to point B. You got to realize there is no bathroom in your car. Number two, you have to eat. Um, yeah. But I think the idea here is as we're talking about caring for the aging parent to have, um, especially now during COVID, is with the providers taking um, their own safety precautions when you're going into the home, but there are some people who should not be in the setting of the primary care doctor's office or in hopefully staying out of the hospital because that puts them at more risk because of their underlying conditions. To have someone like you going to the home is definitely a, a major, major plus, especially yeah. now, especially Yeah, now. definitely. It keeps you from being around other people and so forth and, and, and taking those risks. And, and, I, and I take those risks as a physician, but I, I do wear masks and so forth. So it's not like I'm 100% I'm exposed. You know, so I am protected. So I, I'd rather I'd rather me take the risk than you take the risk. Exactly. Um, as far as working with the geriatric geriatric patient population, um, how long have you been working with that particular patient population and so forth? I mean, I've been taking care of like uh, the elderly since uh, residency. You know, we wow. have clinics and so forth, do geriatric rotations and everything, and you know, just since since residency, so a long time actually. And then I find that um, what I love about this particular patient population are the stories. Yes. Like the st <laughs> yeah, no, no, they, they have some really good, amazing stories. And that's what I love about it. You know, just they, they've lived a long life, very wise, a lot of wisdom and knowledge to share with you. So my rock stars who were tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika, caring for the aging parent. We talked last uh, time with Miss Denise, who dealt with caregiver, who's a caregiver who was giving the perspective of dealing with Alzheimer's patients. And one of the big things she pointed out was the idea of engagement. And those of you who are caring for your parents or caring for a loved one or know someone who's caring for a loved one, uh, it's important that you engage and listen to the stories. There's so much history that you may learn about yourself. You may learn about them. You may learn about what's going on in the world and how things have changed and how they used to do things and how successful it was. So I just think it's important that we pay attention and just take the time out to listen. Um, is there been, what's your biggest challenge going into the home? Uh, biggest challenge is like if they have pets and they want to run around <laughs> and jump all over you, you know, or little kids running around screaming, you know, just, just, just any type of distraction like that, you know, you so, know, somebody cooking in the, in the kitchen, you know, smell smoke everywhere. It's just a lot of different <laughs> things. You don't think about that. You know? so, uh, I'm cracking up because you, you said, and then sometimes it smells so good. I'm like, what are they in it there? It does. Yeah, yeah. You want to ask them, can I have somebody? Like, no, that's not right. You can't ask them. <laughs> And then, then you're like trying to get out. They want to feed you. Like I like. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I um I love the fact that when you're in the home as well, that you get an insight into, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges people have, and that may not come out in a person's doc in a doctor's office. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. So when you have a person who comes, you see them, and you're like, you know, Mrs. Johnson or Mrs. Smith or Hernandez. Um, your diabetes is still high. I mean, what, you're not doing what you're supposed to. You go do a home visit, you find out that her whole family's ordering burritos and, and burgers every day. No one's exercising. She's trying to eat healthy and they're enticing her with junk food. Um, she's so busy taking care of the household, she doesn't have time to exercise. You know, it is, you find these barriers to uh, care that you say, okay, it, it, it shines a light on what is actually causing 
you know, Mrs. Johnson, Mrs. Smith, not to be able to control her, her diabetes or blood pressure. So you get an insight look into that. And I, I, I love the fact that you point out that the patient themselves are trying, but mm -hmm. then there's so much else going on around them that it's hard to stay along the lines of working towards, and let's just pick with the sub, stick with uh, diabetes. It's hard for them to stay with that when everything else is going on around them. Exactly. It's just how do you get the whole family on the same page, mm -hmm. which will be a benefit for everybody, right? Yes, of course. And then um, when you're seeing in the home, have you noticed, like I noticed for some people, especially when I did geriatric medicine in the home, um, there's a lot of people ordering supplements online, medications. Yes, I, I, <laughs> people can order their own pharmacy. Like I, I see a lot of that. I, I do. I see a lot of that. So. And, it's, uh, and what do you say to them when you see it? Uh, I just say to them that uh, a good diet and maybe one multivitamin is honestly all you need. You know, so like your multivitamin, yeah. Go ahead. No, I say the multivitamin where it has the vitamin C, the vitamin D, the calcium, the biotin, the folic acid, the zinc, you know, the B12, the riboflavin, the magnesium. It has all of those and in high percentages too, if you look at the bottle, you don't need to take that, that all those. So when I see my, it's, this is particularly uh, pertinent to my elderly patients. They bring their medicine bag and the bag has 30 medications and 20 of them are vitamins. And I say, look, I'm going to help you. You get rid of these 20 bottles and take a multivitamin with minerals. That's all you need. What's interesting, because as you have stated, as we talk about the, the aging parent, caring for the aging parent and the different uh, pills and the different supplements that come in and just helping them to see like, okay, how can we not only, you know, decrease the amount of supplements you're taking, because a lot of times the supplements are filled with fillers. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm a, someone who gives supplements to my clients, but making certain it's the right thing in the right amount. But at the same token, some of the prescription meds, trying to get them to decrease some of those as well. And with you being a primary care doctor who does all the different facets that you're in, you can help eliminate some of those pills. No, no, definitely can. They have different studies and uh, things called like Beer's criteria and so forth that I follow to decrease medications. Patients at a certain age, they no longer need to be on this medication or that one. You know, so I, I go down the list and try and help because I, I know it could be tedious trying to take 20 pills every day. Every day. It's just yeah, too so much. I, yeah, I do what I can to help decrease that number. I tell people when I talk about uh, in my practice, when I see people on the different prescriptions and I see them as well on the different supplements, I tell people, you know, I think you have PTSD. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, post-traumatic supplement disorder. You just yeah. got to, you I have to. <laughs> you I'm have, have to use that one. I like yeah, that. Yes, yeah, they do. That's yeah. just too much. Post-traumatic supplement disorder. My rock stars who were tuned in to Rocking with Dr. Tamika, how many of you can look into your medicine cabinet right now and pull out how many bottles of unfinished supplements? I mean, just stop and think. Yeah, From Costco, Whole Foods, Walmart, Trader Joe's, um, G your local GNC, yeah. yeah. vitamin yeah. shop. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you, can shop get a, yeah. you can get anything from anywhere, mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to get a quick fix as far as to fix something with your body because you're trying to get things working. Like I tell you, you're practicing what I call HAP, hoping and a praying that what you're doing is going to work. Right? So yeah. uh, my rock stars who are tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika, we have some questions coming in right now, Dr. Jones, that of I course. would love to ask you about. So this is Ray from Santa Cruz, California. Cruz. I just oh, okay. reached my 70s. Mm -hmm. What are some of the signs that my vision has been impacted by diabetes or is it just old age? So, so like we touched on earlier, uh, Dr. Henry, so it's, 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 
you the, the signs like that's why you have to do a yearly eye check and yearly foot exam when you're on diabetes because by the time you realize certain things it's too late so right. by the time you you realize that oh i have a uh, you know spots in my eyes i need to go to the eye doctor and get a surgery or so forth that's why you do the yearly you know eye exam so you can catch things and, and get rid of it right there you know instead of letting it proliferate and cause you to become blind so it's very important along with you doing your part uh, the, the yearly checkups are very pertinent, especially for the diabetics, to make sure you don't miss something. So as far as like signs and symptoms, you're honestly, nine times a 10, you're not gonna have any signs or symptoms until it's too late. Once you have signs and symptoms at that point, it's too late. So that's why, especially diabetics, please get your yearly exams. Yearly exams, my diabetics. And those of you who are already wearing glasses and if you're noticing any changes, you need to, don't be shy about letting someone know. Don't let what's going on in the world stop you from protecting your eyes. They are very valuable. Um, and I love the idea of don't wait. People always want to feel something. You want to wait. You want to feel something. But most <laughs> times you're not going to feel anything until it's too late. And people say like, oh, well, I feel fine. But I say, you know what? I'm going to take you to the hospital to show you people who felt fine yesterday. Oh, Okay, look, now you got a little scare tactic, but it's the truth. It's the it's, truth. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. truth. People, uh, what I would think the misconception is that you have to have something going on that you can actually feel or it's bothering you or it's been going on for some time. You, ne you don't necessarily have to feel anything. This person felt fine yesterday and is in the hospital intubated today. Exactly, exactly. Okay. I see it all the time. And he's a hospitalist. He's working in the hospital. So I'm, I'm telling you, bringing you fresh off the press, my rock stars right here with exactly. me. Hot off the press. Yeah. Hot off the press. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we have Richie from San Diego. I'm watching my mother-in-law during the COVID pandemic. She is diabetic. And I like to know the signs of a diabetic attack. So it's just a couple of things to watch out for. If your sugar gets high, your body will let you know. If you're, if you're noticing that you're, that she's, drinking a lot of water, she's peeing a lot, she's always thirsty, always eating. Uh, those could be signs of your sugar going high, like two, three hundreds. Uh, she starts to get confused and it's in the four or five hundreds. I mean, your body will let you know a, a little bit at that point, you know. And the other thing too, when you're thinking, um, and what I think happens is that people wanna know about the acute setting, like something that happens right away. But you know, diabetes is a silent, especially in women. You can get what's called a silent heart attack, you know, um, Richie, where most people hear a heart attack where it's like you have chest pain, you have pain down the left arm, pain in the neck, pain in the jaw. But women who have diabetes don't necessarily present the same way. That's you may true. have heartburn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That that's heartburn, true. Yeah. Right? Talk about most it. Like women, not... most, women, most women present with GI symptoms. So, yeah, that's true. So GI symptoms, uh, help us understand what's GI symptoms, so like, doctor? Like, uh, like stomach pain, nausea, that kind of thing, like reflux, kind of burning in the stomach, that, that kind of pain. Most women actually present that way. No jaw pain, no left arm pain. That's how they present. Nausea, stomach pain, burning. That's okay. By rock star. So I need you to understand. Uh, now, what I don't want to happen at Thanksgiving comes. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're going to clarify that. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Thanksgiving please. comes and you have, uh, you're having your small, intimate, non-socially gathering dinner. And, okay. <laughs> and you start to get a little heartburn, but you've just had this heavy meal. That is not the same as what we're talking about here. Typically when you, because after you take some medication, some Tums, you drink some chamomile tea or some ginger, the symptoms go away after uh, Thanksgiving dinner. But with women who present with uh, a heart attack, 
they don't, the symptoms don't go away. They persist. They yeah. keep going and they keep going. And that's when it starts to become a problem. So what Dr. Yeah. Jones is talking about is very clear. The GI symptoms, the heartburn, the stomach ache, the nausea, the like just discomfort in the chest area where it's like the food doesn't feel like it's going down. It feels yeah, like it's exactly. stuck. That's, those are classic symptoms that are associated that can be associated with a, a woman having um, a heart attack who is a diabetic because they do not present with the classic symptoms. Again, classic symptoms are things like chest pain, pain in the left arm, pain in the jaw. Those are classic symptoms associated with a heart attack. Yes. Now, um, moving on here, we have Lawrence from Los Angeles. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love LA. I'm born and raised. All right. Lawrence from Los Angeles. As a new caregiver to my elderly father, I've got concerns as he has been forgetting a lot of things lately. What should I become knowledgeable on regarding dementia? Dementia has to be diagnosed by uh, like a, a what to call it a mini mental status exam where they ask questions so forth and you know by a, a specialist to 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 actually diagnose dementia. A lot of common uh, reasons for dementia that can be most causes of dementia actually be reversible like um, high high blood pressure, high cholesterol, your diet, nutritional deficiency, uh, infection, things like that. So if you're worried about uh, your loved one getting the dementia definitely take them to their doctor to get get a full physical exam and blood work and make sure it's not something that's reversible that's causing this confusion and delayed thought process okay so it's interesting lawrence you definitely need to check us out we had dr nate bergman on too and then we just had uh dr jones state how in the early stages that dementia a lot of the causes are reversible so mm -hmm. as he talked about that dr bergman also pointed out that dementia is like the broad category right it's we need to know more specifically what type of dementia. So if you're noticing some things, there's never any time than the present to get on the phone, get an appointment scheduled for you to speak with your primary care doctor so they can be made aware of, so they can do something that's called a mini mental status exam. And literally they ask questions like uh, they'll give you numbers. You have to remember the numbers. You have to remember the date. You have to remember, they'll give you some items. They have all kinds of questions. I remember, oh, my grandmother, oh my gosh. I, my, I have to tell you guys, if my grandmother was alive, I would have her on Rocket with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio. My grandmother, we did a mini mental exam on her. And the doctor asked my grandmother, uh, she asked her the, some questions over and over again. And she looks over at my mom and says, is she crazy? So she, <laughs> <laughs> so she literally was like assessing the doctor, assessing her saying, you know, there's something going on, but it was important that we know we start to ask these questions because, um, they also ask you to write a sentence when you're having a mini mental exam. And they asked my grandmother to write a, a sentence and she wrote, I am tired, leave me alone, can I go now? It was like a multiple sentences. So be engaging, ask questions, ask your primary care doctor, get them involved, let them know what's going on because there's never no better time than the present to ask the questions as it relates to your concerns, Lawrence, um, about your loved one forgetting things because a lot of times people will laugh it off and just say it's nothing. Um, and I was thinking about this a little bit more too, because uh, Dr. Jones, when we think about all that's going on, there's a lot of stress. Yes, there is. People, a lot of stress that people are impacted by today. Is there anything that, like anything that you've seen in particular with the different challenges that are going on in the world that has been impacting people's health? Have you noticed changes in mental health or more, more um, increasing numbers, anything? 
that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, this whole pandemic is causing a lot of stress to everyone. The numbers are there's a 30 to 40 percent increase in anxiety and depression. There's a, 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 it's just overwhelming everyone, even myself included. Everyone gets stressed out. I mean, the definition of stress is any change from your daily routine. Uh, there's no such thing as good stress. I mean, people say uh, going on vacation is stressful because you have to pack your bags, you know, set your alarm clock, make sure you got your bills paid, turn the water gas off. Is that stressful? Go to the plane. It's stressful. I mean, this is when I and it's interesting because anything. I, I like the definition. Like what you just said, anything that sh- uh, changes you from your daily routine is stress. Mm-hmm. It is stress. Anything. And I, I want people to recognize that it is definitely part of our daily lives. And the question is, how are we handling it? What are we yes. doing to uh, deal with it? Now, my rock stars who are tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika, you know, we are socially distancing. And so you may hear a noise in the background. You may hear my dog bark. You may hear a phone ring. So just be mindful and be like, uh, just to keep you in the know. I'm 100% transparent. I heard this one pastor say, I'm hot, open, and he's hot. Humble, open, and transparent. So I just want you to say, we're being open here and just letting you know what's going on. Um, as you've been doing, has, as your role as a physician, Dr. Jones, what has been one of the most rewarding things that you've seen? The most rewarding thing I've seen is when I, I, I did it, you know, patient smiles as they're going home. I did my job. They came in sick, didn't think they were gonna make it, they're going home. That's actually the most rewarding thing. That in itself is enough thanks. I don't need thank you. That's enough for me. You know, it makes oh. my hard work worthwhile when I see that. I love it because it's just like, wow, just to see the smile because some people come in, they just don't know. Nobody, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. But yeah, when you come, when we keep going and going and going and we're like, okay, uh, I'm thankful that I was, a smile to me uh, symbolizes gratitude. Definitely symbolizes that. Now, when I think about um, you as a primary care doctor, what are some of the misconceptions that you think people have about primary care doctors? Uh, Misconception is that, you know, they don't know that much. They're just, you know, they, they don't, it's just a lot of misconceptions that they rush. They don't do what they're supposed to. It's just they're not as smart as like this doctor or that doctor. That's one of the biggest misconceptions. You know, I um, I remember uh, talking to other primary care doctors, and the, and then they would say, you know, you you do everything but don't know anything. Yeah, and then exactly. they were like, <laughs> so I'm like, that's a misconception, huge. So never. Um, never discredit what's going on around you. But at the same time, even though someone's a physician, my rock stars who were tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika, I think it's important that you still never think that they are better than you. Ask questions, ask them questions because their role in your lives is to impart information. And I think, uh, I don't want, I would love to know your input on this Dr. Jones, but I think I already have my answer for it for you, but I, I'm curious. I think the minute we stop learning is the minute we need to stop being a physician. No, it, it definitely is. And, and, and I, that's why I, I keep reading. I, I love reading. I love learning. I love helping my patients. And people, people don't uh, appreciate you as a primary care. It's like a thankless job because I can have a person who I see for high cholesterol. I deal with their medication, they're dieting, they're exercising. They never go to the hospital. They don't appreciate me as much as for keeping them out of the hospital as the person who came to the hospital, met me for the first time. I got them better and they went home. That person appreciates me for life. Because, oh, Dr. Jones saved my life. But yet, I saved the first person's life also. But they don't see it that way. And I think one of the things, too, is just that I think there is a lot of times as a physician who's taking care of the aging um, patients, I think there's an expectation. Well, you're supposed to take care. You're supposed to keep me out the hospital, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> yeah, but they don't appreciate you for doing that. <laughs> so um, at the same time, I think people, uh, they're learning. And right now, I think this whole climate is helping people just calm down a little bit at times. It's like, you know, we're learning and we're learning to have um, a more open perspective as to like, you know, they may not get it because the physician a lot of times may not get it right the first time or the second mm -hmm. time. Right. So extending yeah, sure. more grace mm -hmm. to one another at this particular po point. Um, the other thing I have, and this is, I think this is right up your alley, considering I watched on your website yeah. during this time of COVID. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, how do you think the primary care doctor's role has been impacted? It's been impacted greatly because patients are scared to come into the, uh, the clinic to see the doctor. They're not doing their physical exams. They're not doing their yearly uh, breast exams for breast cancer, which is, you know, still one of the top killers of uh, prostate exams, uh, you know, getting their colonoscopies for colon cancer. They're not doing their general screening, you know, preventative medicine that they should be doing. And so it's impacting people's health. Okay. So then what would be your recommendation? Uh, my recommendation would be to still... Uh, if you have any concerns, talk to your doctor at a clinic where you go to and say, hey, what are you guys doing to make sure when I come to your office, I'm going to be safe? That's where it starts. Okay. Because at the end of the day, just because, you know, your body still keeps going. So just because you're scared to go to the hospital clinic does not mean that your, your health is going to take a break too. Ooh. That's good. Like, it's like, it's not like, oh, okay, we're going to pause in 2020 on my health. Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. No. Does not work that way. So asking the primary care doctor, what precautions, what COVID precautions are they having in the office is one of the key questions that you're saying that you would ask, uh, have yes. patients and their family members ask. And then are there any other questions that they should consider asking or other things they should consider as they uh, ponder back and forth, whether or not they should come in to see the doctor? Well, I would just say, I would just do, you can do like a, a telehealth, like a, like a, a conference, like a Zoom visit. You do, they do that now for something quick and straight to the point. Uh, some things you have to go see the doctor. If you, if you tell me on the phone, like, oh, doctor, my ear's hurting. I, I have to look in your ear. I can't do that over the phone. You know, you tell me your, your, your back is hurting or so forth. I can ask some questions and maybe ascertain what it may or may not be. But if, if there's something else going on that I'm worried about along with it, then I, I have to see you in person, do an exam or refer you. But what I would do is like just a televisit, like a, a, a video camera visit with your doctor to maybe discuss like, hey, I was there three months ago for my blood pressure. My blood pressure is the same. Do I really need to come back in or can you refill my medicine? Just, just have an honest conversation. And if I do need to come back in, what are you doing to make sure I'm safe? So that's what I would recommend. Okay, so look, he's like, you can talk on the phone and do a tele, it's called a telehealth visit, right? So you can do a yes. phone call, you can do a video call or you can come into the office, whichever way. I mean, finding out the different ways to get in contact with your primary care doctor, my rock stars, please do so. Do not, you know, do not take care of yourself because of what's going on or on and around you. Your health does not stop. It doesn't go away. It still continues with that. And for, as far as it relates to just general, like uh, health maintenance, any advice mm -hmm. that you have for our listeners here on rocket with Dr. Tamika? So just health maintenance, it, 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 it's going to sound kind of cliche, but a good night's sleep, mm. exercise, and a healthy diet. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, if you do those three things, you don't, you don't need to be on supplements. You don't need to do any radical diet or so forth. You, you do those three things, then your body will do what it's supposed to. I tell my patients all the time, you take care of your body, your body will take care of you. 
I tell him that all the time, even with this COVID. I said, I had COVID and my body took care of me because I take care of it. So I was fine. And I'm interested in that because I can tell you, and I think of all the different examples of uh, patients I've had, and I don't believe I've told my rock stars this. I had a patient who, um, 85 years old, who was uh, 85 years old. He um, went to the Americana, which is the outdoor mall here in Glendale, California. And he was walking years ago and he's, he, um, he hit, someone ran into him at the Americana and he, fell down and he ended up breaking, fracturing his hip. This person, he was so amazing that within, after surgery, he came to the nursing home where I was working and he was up and walking well within seven days, like up and walking around, no problem. And just so happens that while we're asking like, what did you do? Cause I had people who were 50, 60, 40 years of age who weren't, they were still like in the bed. Like I can't do it. I just can't. He was walking 200 feet, which is by definition from a skilled nursing facility, they get to go home. So he was yeah, ready to go it. home. He said that he does the senior Olympics and that he eats well. So, <laughs> so like you said, if you take care of your body, it will definitely take care of you. Right. It definitely will. And then um, any, any tips on any latest and greatest on COVID that you'd like to share with our... Oh my God, we'd be here all day if I told you everything, latest and greatest. Latest and greatest is, of course, it's cold and flu season, so the cases are going to go up. That's what uh, it's, we, we know every year, cold and flu season, hospitals are packed. There's 200 respiratory viruses, so, and it goes across the country. And by the time flu season's over, cold and flu season, one billion infections have gone through cold and flu so people get sick two or three times so that's like one billion cases so people worried about oh we're at one million no but you have 990 more you know and, and it happens every year but we don't talk about it on the news so yeah me and you dr tamika know about this but the people listening don't know that right. you know like there's a billion cases of cold and flu every year and in the u.s alone in the u.s alone okay let's stop right there so did my my rock star did you hear that in the U.S. alone, how much cold, how many cases of cold and flu? Say that again, Dr. Jones. One billion cases every year. One billion cases of cold and flu, but it's not on the news. It's not, it's not a hot topic. Anything else? Like, talk about that, because I don't think people realize the nature of just the common everyday cold, and that's going yeah. on, the difference. No, they don't. No, they don't, because it's just, oh, you have a cold, you have a cold. It's, it's something familiar. I have a right. cold. I'm coughing, sneezing, I'm in bed, runny nose, I have a cold, I'm, I'm fine a few days later, I have a cold. But that same cold that you're fine with, it kills somebody, you know, so, but people don't think about that. They don't. Anything else, like as far as, um, any major differences, ha, huh, this would be my, this would be a good one to spend a few minutes on before we uh, wrap it up. Any major differences for our rock stars between COVID and the flu? The major differences is the flu actually not is, a weakened virus like we we have so many things against us the flu is 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 caused the spanish flu would kill it kills so many people but we have a vaccine for the flu we have tamiflu we have treatments things like that we have immunity because we've been exposed to the flu year after year so our bodies have a protective just because you had this strain this year you have a different strain the next year your body has partial immunity against that strain so it's less and so the flu is actually like a restrained villain so is the COVID-19 is unleashed. We don't have a vaccine for COVID. We don't have a, 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 a treatment for it. I know they say remdesivir, but that's controversial. I, we'll talk about that another time. 
we don't we don't have an actual treatment for COVID. The only treatment for COVID is pretty much your own body doing what it can to get rid of it. The flu, we have so many treatments. It's been contained. It's been in, all of us have been exposed to the flu since we were younger. We have antibodies, so the flu is actually a restrained villain right now. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a virus that is actually very very powerful. If it was if if the flu was unchained like COVID, we'd see a lot more deaths. And people will not say that, but the flu has been contained because of our everything I just told you. But the COVID nineteen is is un, unrestrained. So thankfully, it's it's not as is 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 the cases are going up, but mortality people dying is not the, the, the flu. I mean, the COVID nineteen mutated a lot actually since last December. Uh, so that's a good thing. The thing I will say also with these cases going up, they don't tell you is if I go to the clinic and test positive today, I go to the hospital and test positive. Then they take me again, test, test me again in, in, in three days at the hospital. I'm still positive. That's three positive tests. That counts as three new cases. They don't tell you that. That's oh. not the same one case. That's three new cases. And with all this testing, like people in the hospital get tested left and right. So when they say, oh, we had 100,000 new cases today, that does not mean 100,000 people got positive. They, they don't tell you that. Oh, well, we got to let you come back and like, COVID's your bread and butter. Like, wow. Like, I need you to like... Okay, my rock stars, I have to tell you, like, OMG, if you test in three different locations and the three different locations all say positive, that's three new cases. It is, yep. Mm -hmm. Not one. So that nope, basically... Three. That's three. That's, that's three cases, so that helps to inflate the number. It does, yep. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh, look, you like you got them thinking now, Dr. Jones. <laughs> you got them thinking right now. Um, so is there... In your opinion, what you've seen, then it would be safe to say that pay attention to the whole story. Yeah, definitely. You got, you got to pay attention to the whole story. It's, it's, that's why they say in court, say the truth and the whole truth. So and nothing the but truth. the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they tell you the truth, like there's this many cases, but they don't tell you what that number means. Oh, my. Like, my, my producer's like, we got to have him back. We got to have yeah. him back. I mean, it's important. I mean, maybe we should... Uh, have a part two, Dr. Jones, and just really break this down a little bit more because I think it's important for people to hear because you're in the hospital, mm -hmm. you're in the homes, you're in the, the medical offices and you're yeah. seeing what's happening. And I don't think that particular perspective is being talked about. No, it's not. And, and the whole thing with immunity also, when they say the antibodies go down, as me as an immunologist, the antibodies do go, that's any infection. Your, your body doesn't waste energy. It's not going to keep a high level of antibodies for the rest of your life. That's wasted energy. Your antibodies go down. You can pick up any regular immunology book and see the graph showing antibodies going down after a couple of months. That's any infection, but they make it seem like, oh, wow, COVID is so powerful that it's causing your body immune system to give out. Like, no, your body's doing what it's supposed to. Ooh, my rock stars. Dr. Jones, tell them how they can work with you. Tell them how they can reach you. Oh, I can definitely be reached on uh, Instagram at Dr. Andrew Jones, MD, Dr. Andrew Jones, MD. I could be uh, reached. You can find me on YouTube for my videos on podcasts uh, on uh, COVID also. And my website, uh, which is uh, Elysium, E-L-Y-S-I-U-M, medicalinc.com. So. Elysium, E-L-Y-S-I-U-M, medical. Inc.com, yes. Medical Inc, Inc, I-N-C.com. So, and then yes. Dr. Jones, D-R Andrew Jones, right? On Instagram. MD, so, yes, MD, yes. Uh -huh. 
Dr. Andrew Jones, MD. Put the MD like Mary Doctor. All right. So I am so thrilled to have you here. And that's we will bring you back. And let's just head, let's just have a conversation about COVID and break it down for the everyday person. I, I love it. So we'll talk about my my this will be my expertise on the molecular microbiology immunology part. We talked about the, the family medicine board certified. Now we can switch it to the molecular biology and immunology part. So Okay, we may have to bring you back sooner because we got to get you while you're hot, while it's hot in season yeah. right now. Talking about yeah. it. So I thank you so much for joining us. My rock stars who are tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika. Remember, take care of yourselves, eat clean, drink your water, get some rest, exercise. Remember, a healthy you leads to a healthy community. Thank you. This is your girl, Dr. Tamika. Got a health question you want to ask? DM us at I am Dr. Tamika. Discover insider tips on how to rock your health with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio.